Hello and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast where we watch movies we've never seen and talk about them. I'm one of your hosts, Betsy, and with me is my husband, Trent. I'm also here. You are also here. Uh, today, we are going to watch another movie that, sadly, my dear husband has not seen, and that is Best Picture Winner at the Academy Awards. Yeah. Released in 2009, it's The Hurt Locker. The Hurt Locker. Not just the, The Hurt Locker. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Trent, why exactly have you not watched The Hurt Locker? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> I need it in specific terms. Jeez. <laughs> oh, it was never on Netflix. I, ne- I could never get it for... I don't know. Um, <laughs> no real reason. This was before I was, you know, watching all of the... Like, so Betsy and I have been together since 2011. Yes, this so predates this came out, me. This came out before we were dating. And if, there's, and if this was something that she was super into, we would have gone to it. In my defense, I have been trying to get you to watch this since 2011. We also didn't have it until now. (laughs) So, um, so I know what it's about at the very least. Okay, well, what do you know it's, it's about? Yeah, I really don't know why I never sought it out. I mean, yeah, it, it won for Best Picture, but I'm not super into war movies. Okay, but and there's some this, you like. There is some I like, yes, but I've, I mean, I'm just going to confess and say I've never seen a lot of the big, big, big war movies that people... Also me. I haven't yeah, either. Yeah. So, I, I would say it's probably that. You're not drawn to it. In 2008, 2009, you know, the Iraq War and the... Afghanistan war was still very much raging mm-hmm. and not really a fan. <laughs> it was very fresh. Because, uh, you know, me graduating in us graduating in 2003. Yeah. War was definitely on our minds. Yes. Because, hey, I am of the age where if it got bad, I could have been drafted. Right. I absolutely would have been drafted. So, yes, this movie was very relevant at the yeah. time it came out. And I think, I understand maybe why, before even seeing it, why it would have earned an Academy Award just because of the subject matter. You don't really see a lot of movies about war that come out while the war is still happening. Though this war is uh, something that has lasted a very, very long time. So several movies have since come out about yeah. it <laughs> while it's happening. Yeah, America's <laughs> Longest War. Hey, so there's going to be some movies. What is so, this movie about? What so do you know? It is about a team of uh, bomb disposal uh, people Okay. In, in the armed services. I don't know what, what branch. Okay. Uh, it's Jeremy Renner Correct. and Anthony Mackie are the two names that I know. It's a Marvel party. Right. Pre-Marvel. <laughs> yeah. And Catherine Bigelow uh, directed it. Yes. Who incidentally won Best Director. Yes. Over her the, her ex-husband. Correct. So who that directed was, Avatar. That was a big talking point at <laughs> yeah. this particular Academy Awards. Because, I knew that, that story. Yes. Yeah, so this was the year they expanded the categories. So this yeah. was the year that had... 10 nominees for Best Picture. They still only had five for director and everything else. Yeah, you're allowed up to 10. But this movie beat Avatar. Yeah. So that was the big talk. Is mm-hmm. it going to be the James Cameron big yeah. movie that is, the, at the time, the highest grossing movie of all time, which I believe if we talked about it, it has since reclaimed that throne. 
And he was up for best director uh-huh. against Catherine Bigelow and her movie, The Hurt Locker. And those are two very different movies. Box we office st- doesn't win awards, guys. <laughs> we started this podcast somewhere along the way with Avatar. Yeah. And now we're coming full circle back to this one. Mm-hmm. So do you know anybody else who's in this movie? Not really. I guarantee you know. I'm sure. At least, uh, I could think of at least two more people that are in this that you will recognize, Mm -hmm. if not more than that. Sure. Uh, But okay, well, we're going to go see this movie. We're going to watch The Hurt Locker, and we will be right back. So that was The Hurt Locker. Yeah. Trent, how do you feel about this one? So I was half expecting a piece of text on the screen to say inspired by a true story or based on a true story. Nope. No, this is just fiction. It's inspired by people that really exist. Of course. But this is not a real human. Okay. But there are people who do this. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I was fully expecting that to be based on something true, but no. Nope. Yeah. Huh. That was in- very interesting. Yeah. I, I like the story, uh, the-, the the dynamics between, you know, these guys who have been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You've got one guy who is a, a bit of a hot shot. He's, yeah. he's not crazy. He's just really, really good at his job. He's, he's hyper competent at, at this yeah. one thing. But you've also, you know, set up the movie where these two guys lost somebody. Yeah. And they are. Very recently. They are really intense about it. They are trying to protect each other. They're super gun shy. And yes. you know what? That's their job. Yeah. He said it himself. It, there was a portion of uh, of the, the, the section where... Jeremy Renner is still pretty new, yep. and Anthony Mackie says, it's our job to protect you. We can't go out there. We don't have all the protective gear. Yeah. We're supposed to cover you while you're doing this very, very dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner doesn't give a shit about all that. No. <laughs> He's like, fuck the rules. No. I'm, I'm going to go off. I'm going to do my thing. I'm yep. very good at what I do. I'm not going to fail. Yeah. Period. It's, so it's a very different dynamic, especially when yeah. they're paired up. Yeah. Yeah, um, this movie is so tense. It is. I feel my whole body tensing up during the sequences when he is diffusing bombs. I didn't get that. Uh, this time, not so much now that I've seen it a few yeah, times. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. But the first time I saw this, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and and I, I think I got that pretty early on mm-hmm. where... You know, I okay. So Guy Pierce shows up at the very beginning. Yes. I know something's gonna happen to him because that's how you begin a movie like this. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. We need some establishment of the story. Yeah. So I just know something's gonna happen. I kind of expected them to be having the 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 robot out more, yeah. but you know they established the fact that they have one. Yes. And at no time does he want to ever use it. He's like, it. I don't need that. No. Thank you. I can look at it and see what's going on. I'm a hands-on kind of guy. I'm wearing the bomb. I'm wearing the bomb suit. Yeah. And 
which you know, is they establish in the beginning of the movie, does not exactly keep you from dying. <laughs> well, it, it is more enforced in the front, which if you saw at the beginning, which if you saw at the end, when the bomb does go he off, turns he turns around and yes. lets it hit him yeah. from the front and not the back. Because that's the way it's designed. If you're yes. if you're fiddling with something, you're mm-hmm. looking at it. Exactly. Yeah. So he's very, very smart about, about how he does this. Mm-hmm. They say, yeah, he's... Dis- disarmed disarmed not just like found and no. blew up over 800 bombs almost 900 yeah yeah and of course it's the way it goes down the actor uh that you recognized yeah who plays george washington in the hbo miniseries john adams that we've read it many times yes that's the thing i know you know him from but he's in many, among many other things. things he's in the green mile but and, yeah, yeah he goes up to him and he says how many bombs have you and he's like oh you know He's being modest. Modest. Like, you know. He fucking knows the exact number. He said, Uh I asked you a question, soldier. Yeah. And he, 873. Yeah, you're a hot shot. I'm going to shake your hand. He knows exactly. Yeah. So that's the kind of guy. I think there's a lot of interesting character development in this in what they just show and say. Mm -hmm. And it's little moments throughout the whole movie. Like they show him, he takes his shirt off and he's got shrapnel scars scars Mm -hmm. all over his body. Mm -hmm. And he's very blasé about I'm married, but I'm not, but I have a ring. I don't know how I feel about the whole thing. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's just a lot of, like a uh, backwoods kind of country hick. They call him kind of a hillbilly or something. Sure, sure. Redneck. Yeah. He's he's an interesting character. He's fallen in love with this job. Yes. That's the whole deal. If this guy had not joined up the army, he would have been just some trailer trash. He would have just been lost. Yeah. But he's found his calling. Uh-huh. He And we even get it at, at the end of the movie. We are suddenly back home. With him and his quote unquote family, yeah, and he just he just comes out right out and says it. Uh, that you, when you get older, you only maybe love a couple of things. I think I only want love one thing. Yeah, I'm supposed to love this, and I don't. Yeah, I don't love my child. I don't love my woman. I don't love this family or normal life or or what this life is or what it should be. You know, they, they depict him, you know, outside cleaning gutters, which is one of the most... In the rain. Right, wet leaves. Yeah, it's a mundane, gutters. disgusting activity. Yeah, one of the, the most mundane things you could possibly do, and that's just not his life. Oh, it's so high risk, I could fall off the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> but they start the movie out with that quote on the screen, and they leave the, the last yeah. phrase on there a little longer. War is a drug. Yeah. So that's the whole establishing shot of the movie is Mm -hmm. this is fucking addicting for some people. Mm -hmm. And he's one of those people. And there are people like this that exist where they just sign up for tour after tour after tour because regular life is not for them. This is what they were born for. Right. And I was expecting like a in-depth case study on soldiering and what life is like there you, you get I mean, a little you get a little bit of that with Anthony Mackie at the yeah. end saying I'm I'm done I want to go have a son I want to have that life this is awful I can't live out like this mm-hmm. you know but that's not what Every this movie time is we about go out we might die yeah and he's like I just don't think about it like, yeah. I, I why am I like he, this he's got but the confidence <laughs> of somebody who's done something for a thousand times mm-hmm. 
and been successful every single time. Yeah, what except he's hell? not. He's not always successful. It's just that sure. he lives. Sure, exactly. He lives to tell the tale. That is success. It's not always. It's just defi- how you define it. Right. Like, he has a few places in this movie where he very easily goes in and disarms a bomb. Yeah. And he strolls away. Sure. And there are times where he is not so lucky. And there are people dying left and right around them. Yeah. There is a lot of tension. Like, the things that were reminding me about this time, you know, this is soon after, as we touched on. This is in Iraq, so this is soon after uh, 9-11. We're in Iraq, we're in Afghanistan at this point. Mm -hmm. And the little things I hadn't really thought about in a while. Like, the guy shows up with the deck of cards. Yep. And it was all the bad guys out in the mm-hmm. Middle East they were supposed to be capturing. Yeah. I don't think about that anymore. But back in those days, we remember. They I were remember. all given a deck of cards so yeah. they know who they're looking for. Yep. Just the the people in the country, like they don't know who's a looky-loo and who's yeah. there to make trouble. Who's plotting something. And they are 100% paranoid the whole As time. As they should be. They're trained to be yeah. that way. Yeah. There's a guy over there. Can you see him? I can't see him. I don't see him. Where is he? I right. don't see him. Right. He's right I, there. I need to have everything in my purview yeah. 100% of the time. I need to know, to know what ha- what is happening around me all 360 degrees. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and, and he's just this blase guy who is just going about his business. Yeah. And like when he, when he gets to the car bomb, Mm-hmm. Think, well, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna uh, go go meet Jesus today, I'm gonna be comfortable. Yeah, this thing has enough explosives in it that it's gonna kill everybody. I yeah. might as well be comfortable if I'm gonna die. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of attitude that it's just absolutely stand out in the rest of the group. Yeah, and he did get nominated for this. Jeremy Renner was nominated for Academy Award for yeah. this for Best Actor. Now. Um, to go off topic a little bit, because I just want to talk about the movie abstractly and around the movie. Okay. So yeah, he got nominated for an Academy Award. Before this movie, I had not seen Jeremy Renner except I in was, one thing. I was going to ask you about this, because this kind of blew up Jeremy Renner, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this movie, without this movie, Jeremy Renner isn't Hawkeye. Yeah. Like, this totally. movie is, what, four, uh, three years before... Mm-hmm. Um, he shows up in Thor. Yeah. So the timeline makes a lot of sense. I think Anthony Mackie certainly had more of a career. Yeah. But this movie is Jeremy Renner. I had seen Anthony Mackie in at least yes. a couple of things before yep. this. And you've got a couple other people who show up. Evangeline mm-hmm. Lilly shows up. Yeah. This was in the middle of Lost. Okay. So she's barely in this, but this was a big deal for her because this was a major movie. She was an unknown. Mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie was pretty much unknown. Jeremy Renner was pretty much unknown. Mm-hmm. Ray Fiennes and Guy Pearce show up. Those were the title names. Those two were the biggest stars in this movie. Sure. I don't think they got top billing. Sure. But if you're talking about the stars in this movie, yeah. they had the most star power. Everyone else was unknown. Right. Which is really interesting now because four of those people were in the Marvel franchise. <laughs> and we just we just saw Ray Fiennes. And we just <laughs> saw Ray Fiennes and James Bond. Yeah. And of course, you know, he went on to be in the Harry Potter movies and of everything. Of course. But yeah, the context of this movie, you have to remember that this is one of those before they were famous movies. Right. Because 
This is pre-Marvel. And I don't really even remember like how big this movie was before it won the Oscar. I literally did not know what this movie was yeah. when it won. I hadn't yeah. heard about it. I was not tapped in as much mm-hmm. as I could have been at that point. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about it. And I saw it win. I was like, the fuck is this movie? Oh, another war movie. What's up with Genuinely, that? I didn't know what to expect. So I pretty much went into this movie blind. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, again, no pun intended, blew me away. Okay. It, I, yeah, I think this is a really solid, really interesting, and really well-paced, intense movie. This movie's over two you. hours. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it doesn't feel like it. No, because it just kind of hops around between all of these different scenarios this is how they approach it. This is how they handle it. But at the same time, you have this this overhanging threat that the other guys are dealing with. And Jeremy Renner is just out there doing his thing. Yeah. You know? Because they started... So, he, you know, he comes in when they have 38 days left on their tour. Sure. Which isn't a tour a full year. Yeah. So he comes in at the tail end of this thing. Yeah. From God knows where. Into the middle of a group that's been established for nearly a year. And, and I assume he's just hopped around the country. Probably. Forever. Yeah. Since they started having problems with IEDs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I, and I'm, I'm, tr- I'm struggling to really wrap my head around the entire thing. It, it didn't blow me away. Okay. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is so great. Like, it was... Like, hey, this is a very interesting story. It's a different perspective that you don't normally see from war movies. It's fascinating is what yeah, it is. It really is. That's why I think I didn't I didn't have the tenseness that you did. Like, I kind of figure, okay, everything's going to kind of work out in the end, except for Guy Pierce. <laughs> right. Um, I just kept waiting for something bad to happen because it's like one of these times this bomb is going off. That's how these movies work. That is what this is. He's not, he can't be that lucky. It was just waiting for that you know, for me. The way they, they establish his character, I just didn't think that was going to happen. Even at the very end where it's the suicide bomber mm-hmm. and Anthony Mackie is telling him, you know, no, man, it's a suicide. Why do you think they call it a suicide bomb? Yeah. You know, I, I still didn't think it was going to happen mm-hmm. because he's smart enough to know what's going to go on. Right. He could protect himself. Yeah. It's the challenge of disarming the bomb sure. that he loves. And if, if he was going to die in the movie, the only way that would have happened is if they decided to just, you know, there was a sniper somewhere. Well, like, again. A stupid way. I don't know if I figured he was going to die. I just figured some point this isn't going to end well, whatever that means. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, they start the movie... I'm just going to take us back to the beginning because I don't know that we need to go through this entire thing beat for beat, but no. um, there's kind of some important things along the way. So like like I said, at the beginning of the movie, they have the thing that says war is a drug, and then they establish there's this team, it's three guys, yep. and Guy Pierce is the bomb tech. Mm-hmm. He's the lead. He's the lead. And they have just kind of problem after problem. They weren't even going to send him in. They were going to send the, the little robot with a yeah. little wagon. Right. But the wheel fell off the wagon. Like, literally, it's like the dumbest little thing. Yeah. And they're so just... 
It's the way all the soldiers talk in this movie. Like, this is just another day in the office. Sure. And he says, all right, we're going to put that thing over there, and it's going to go up. We're going to have a blast radius of this much. going to mm-hmm. be a little beautiful mushroom all, cloud. All very and, technical. Yep. Beautiful mushroom cloud, and then Rainbow. we're going to go home. Right. And it's so just business yeah. as usual. End, end of the job, end of the day, mm-hmm. this is just how it happens. And yeah, so these are guys who've worked together. They've done this a million times. They're mm-hmm. going to get in, they're going to get out, and they're going to go home. And it doesn't happen that way. And there's a guy with a cell phone. And of course, if you, again, grew up at this era, you know that these bombs can be activated with phones. It is the most common way of detonating yes. or something like that. Yeah, so they see a guy with a phone, and there's... Uh, Anthony Mackie is Sanborn, yeah. and then all Eldridge yeah. is the other guy, and Eldridge basically doesn't take the shot. Yeah, he sees him, he points him out, mm-hmm. and they go over there saying, drop the phone, drop the phone, and he doesn't do it, Yep. and he dials the number, and it but blows he does, up. Yeah, but he doesn't take the shot because yeah. he kind of freaks out, and he's probably never had to. Yeah. Because most of these guys, they fired their weapon in training, but mm-hmm. shooting a human being is a whole different thing. They're trained for bomb disposal. Yeah. That's it. I mean, yeah, yeah. they're soldiers and they have the training, but they're not going out on missions no. and, and, and like clearing things. No, most they, they, they do and they address yell. It, Yeah, they address it in other areas where, you know, th- these other guys, this other platoon over here, they're the ones that are going to go in and do, do all the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not guns. our job. Yeah, that's not our job. Let's let those guys take care of that. But no, they don't do that. No. So. Yeah, and you can tell these three are definitely a team, just again, because of how they're talking to each other. Right. Like the two are joking about, you know what this place needs? Grass. Grass. We're going to open up a grass We're going to open business. up that grass business. I'll grow the grass, you'll cut the grass. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, again, shop talk. Yeah. We're just sitting here. This is not. This is just another day. Right. But of course, when uh, I think it's Thompson is the other guy's name, mm-hmm. so Guy Pierce, yeah. he dies, and that fucks Eldridge up yeah. for the rest of the movie. Right. He's like got a doctor who keeps coming to check in on him, mm-hmm. and he's like, "How you doing? Not good. Let me tell you about how not good I am. Right. Like I'm great, except I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm really ju- messed up. <laughs> I, like it is going through my head, and I'm and he's talking about it. He's mm-hmm. not bottling it up. No. Like he's, he's saying, yeah, if if I t- had taken that shot, he would still be alive. Period. Yep. And yep. he is 100 percent blaming himself, mm-hmm. and he's not dealing with it. No. Because you really can't. You have a job to do. Yeah. You cannot just go. Aw- and this this is an army terms. You can't just stop because you're a little fucked up. You're, you have a job to do. You have to go and do this job. Yep. They're not going to just let you go because you got a little fucked up. You have 38 more days. Yeah. Get through it somehow. Right. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. Yeah. That totally sucks. And then you bring in this guy. Right. Who on day one starts throwing smoke bombs mm-hmm. and he's not playing by the rule book that they know. Yeah. He's not communicating. Mm-mm. He's just this hotshot who just knows everything. Yep. He's going to go off and do his What's own thing. What's with the smoke? What's with the smoke? What's going on? I can't see you. What's happening? What's yeah. going is, is on? Is there danger? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. They all go to 11 immediately. Like yeah. that's like Anthony Mackie. This entire movie is he is panicking because he cannot see his guy and that's his job. Which, There's so much yelling. But it's you, just. Right, right, right. And you know what? 
it, it's understandable that he is that gun shy mm-hmm. about what's happening because yeah, he just lost his leader. And, yeah, and he does. This new bomb tech clearly does not care that he cares. Right. And that's a really frustrating feeling when you are just oh, yeah. trying to protect somebody and they don't right. give a shit. And he he continues to not to not give a shit because he addresses it with him multiple times. Yeah. With his fists. <laughs> yes. There's so, a lot of that that happens. Yeah. And, you know, I, I get it. I get it. That That is imminently frustrating mm-hmm. that I, that you, your person that you are in charge of protecting doesn't care about protection. Yeah. I don't <laughs> you know? need your help. I yeah. don't need your protection. Yeah. I got this. And, yeah, his first mission is successful. He finds one bomb. And then I know you like the shot. So he finds a, a yeah. wire and he kind of tugs on this wire and there's this six cluster, more. This cluster of bombs just surrounding just him. Surrounding him. And he doesn't panic. He, he just goes, get, oh. <laughs> yeah. He just gets down on his knees and starts pulling out pins and, and yep. wires and whatnot. Starts cutting everything up. And the movie does a really good job of... Like panning up to see other people in who's in watching. the background who's watching, is that person who planted the bombs? Is that person? This guy's coming down the stairs right. very very quickly. Yeah, and like this guy literally drops the detonator. That guy was gonna. That set it guy off. was gonna set it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, so he had first taken out the remote detonator, I think. Yeah. From the first one. And that caused it to not be able to go off. So he had this other guy who was watching came down the stairs and he was going to go and set it off uh, with a battery because that's all it was. Those wires on the wall, he just needed to put a a nine. That's what that was. He just needed to put a nine volt battery up to the the wires and they would have all gone off. I was trying to figure out why they were showing the end of that wire. And that's what he dropped on the stairs. It wasn't just a nine volt battery. He was making a decision and he decided to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then there's like children playing in the alley. Of course. That just goes to show you what life was like in Iraq during this time. They're just living their lives. There's fucking soldiers and guns and screaming and bombs and smoke. Yeah, explosions going up, which at the very end, the the, the suicide bomb goes off and there's a guy just flying a kite. Yep. Like it's any other day. It's Thursday. Flight day. Yeah. With my kite. Yeah. How, How... how is life like that anywhere in the world? I, I don't know. Yeah. But that just, again, establishing shot of how life was. And probably to a lot of it, it very it still much still is. It very much still is. Yeah. And then there's like a couple of scenes back at like the barracks. And there's like guys selling DVDs. There's like a kid selling ripoff DVDs. Yeah. And, you know, our, our hero, James... Uh, keeps like buying DVDs and playing soccer with him and just yeah. dorking around. Yeah, and, and telling him, oh, that this was out of focus. Because th- these are DVDs, these are our bootleg DVDs yeah. that someone went into a theater with a camera and shot the screen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and they're just, they're hawking them to the soldiers. Because what else is, what is all, because it's, what else have they got to do? Because it's 2005 or whatever, and you can't get, there's no streaming, there's no big yeah. internet in Iraq. <laughs> For soldiers, internet in Iraq. Well, like broadband internet. It's it's a lot better now, I'm sure. But you Fair. know, broadband internet with streaming. What's Netflix? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So yeah, there's kind of some interstitial scenes like that where he's just sort of being a normal dude and sure. horsing around with the kids and sure. making friends and stuff. 
Uh, but then, like, the very next day, there's a car bomb. There, next to the, the UN building. Yes, yeah, so there's a UN building. They have to evacuate. They know there's something fishy because the car's been illegally parked for days and the mm-hmm. suspension is hanging low. Yeah. So something's going on with this car. And like you said, he figures out how much is in there and he just like takes off all his equipment to get in there and fix it. Well, and before that happens, he approaches it in the bomb suit. And I, I've, I believe this anyway. The person who said it shot the car yeah and it set the gas tank on fire yeah so they hit the tank they hit the tank i think they just missed the bombs because i think they were shoot trying to shoot the bomb that would be my assumption but yeah yeah, the car bursts into flames they've got a fire extinguisher with them yeah so they put out the fire and he's able to get to work again just completely like la la putting out this flaming car that is full of bombs well he didn't know it was full of bombs it was probably full of bombs (laughs) they suspected it was full of bombs sure (laughs) so you know he does that and he immediately starts going to work on this thing and he can't figure it out he can't figure it out in, in where this is case, it? Where is the in trigger? In this case, he's very like me. Yeah. And he's just, he's going to poke at it and poke at it and poke at it until you figure it out. Yeah. It's like, this will not beat me. Yeah. You is know? it in the trunk? Is it in the back seat? Is it under the seat? Is it in the floor? Is it yeah. in the dash? Where is it? Like, to the point that he takes off his headphones yeah. because, of course, they're freaking out. We've been here a long time. Let the engineers take care of A lot of eyes on us. A lot of people it. looking at us. There's, There's somebody a guy with, with a camera. camera. There's yeah. people up in the tower. They're yeah. signaling to each other. Yeah. We have been here too long we've got to go which again that's a lot of the paranoia just built into soldiering yep. period yeah and you know after a certain amount of time that that's going to get to you yeah so you know jeremy renner's just in the car he's not seeing any of this stuff no he's doing his job he's doing his job and you know he's uh very competent at it, but he gets frustrated with himself because he yeah. can't figure it out Where right away. Where are these damn wires? They yeah. go nowhere. What so, is happening? Yeah, he has to go all the way to the wiring harness underneath the dash mm-hmm. to find out where the trigger is. And they they touch on it later. Uh, he keeps a lot of the, what he would call ingenious uh, uh, triggers. Yeah. And like wiring things. Yeah. I that, liked this guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he did hey, good work. Yeah. It's he's got like a, a weird respect and like a, uh, admiration for their work. It's like uh, being a hobbyist who solves puzzles. Like you've right. designed a puzzle that I cannot, yeah. I cannot solve. Right. I respect you because right. I'm really good at this. Uh huh. <laughs> so yeah, and they of course in this scene they uh they catch the guy who shot the car. Yeah. And this again is just life. Is as a soldier, life of the situation. They mm-hmm. catch him, they shot him, mm-hmm. and he's down on the ground. And there's a guy that says, "Oh, if we get him to the hospital in 15 minutes, he'll make it." And the guy says, "He's not gonna make it. No, he can make it. He's not gonna make it." Yeah, choosing to let him die. Then there's a gunshot, Trent. Two gunshots. Yeah, they literally are like, mm, "No, this is a bad man. We're choosing." Because who's going to know that? Yeah. Because soldiers, you know, they protect each other. It's It's war. war. He's already shot once. What's the difference if he gets shot a couple more times? And it's just that kind of attitude of, he's not going to make it. The blase attitude Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that guy play a soldier many times or a military guy many times. And he's very good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Him and his little mustache. He's good at barking orders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, of course, he manages to 
finds the trigger finally, mm-hmm. and he says, "Okay, we're done. And he just strolls now we can away. go." He just strolls away, it's like, and he gets punched I, in the face. <laughs> I accomplished my my task, <laughs> and let's uh, let's go home. And yeah, that's where Anthony Mackie says, "Do not ever turn uh, t- turn off your radio or t- take take your your cans off." Yep. To so that I you can't will communica- never do that again. So that I can't communicate with you, and you can't communicate with me. Yeah. That is the most important thing. Yeah. It's also terrifying. Yeah. Like, you don't know what happened. What if he's dead? Right. He could have died. Yeah. (laughs) Happens literally every day. Right. And you need eyes and ears on everybody at all times. Yeah, but of course, Eldridge, in in this case, was right there behind the barrier. Right. He would have died as well. All of them would have been dead if that thing went off. Right. And I don't think they really understood what he meant. It's like, oh, God, there is like a dozen bombs in here. Yeah. 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 Nothing like that little barrier would not have helped. And these you, are all you in the truck that wouldn't have helped either. And these are all just bombs somebody made. Yeah. These are all just homemade bombs, and some of them are very large and intense. Mm-hmm. And he's frankly impressed. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another scene where there, you know, this is another few weeks later. I think it was at uh, 23 days left. They've got something down in a valley that they have to blow up. Yeah. And like he says, oh, shoot, wait, I forgot my gloves. Right. <laughs> they, 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 they make the first, uh, they, they set off the first blast. Yep. And I, I guess protocol is you have to do it twice just in case you missed anything. Yep. So they did it once. And then Jeremy Renner says, oh, 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 no, wait, 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 wait. I, I left my gloves down there. Let me go and get my gloves. Oh, oh shoot. So, so he takes the truck all the way down there. Yep, down to the valley, looking around on the ground for his gloves. And here's where it starts to get a little dark. Again, it's that. Because I, I didn't there's know. There's a lot of these conversations. I did not know this was, at the time, I didn't know if he was being serious. I also don't know. Or if he was fucking around. And I think that was intentional. Yes. Because he just straight up says, you know, you would have to do the paperwork if... Uh, Anthony Mackie, yeah. Anthony Mackie says, you're going to have to do the paperwork if uh, if this happens. You know, but these things sometimes go off sometimes, accidentally. Yeah, right. Thing, and, accidents happen. And, you know, something good might come out of it. They, they would improve these so that uh, uh, the ac- these accidents don't happen anymore. Yeah, change the protocols. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at him down in the valley and holding onto the trigger and just sort of thumbing it. Right. Yeah. Thinking about, I could just make this guy not a problem anymore. Which that's the thing. He's not a problem. He's annoying. He's He's annoying. Right. I get that. I have annoying people in my life too. I ain't going to blow them up. Thank you, Trent. But yeah, it's also that, again, that soldier mindset, you've been through some shit yeah. and it would just be easier if you just blew him up and moved on with your life so you didn't have one thing to worry about. The fact that his brain is like, this is a pure rational thought. Right. And you were like, is he kidding or not? He kind of wasn't, but he kind of was. Yeah. But was he? And I don't think it was like, ha ha, kidding, kidding. No. It was more, it was a very morbid sense of humor. I have a but very you know what? dark streak of thought right now. But that's soldier talk. Yeah. They you know? have it many times in this movie. They just say, we could just die. Like right. now. Yeah. Go, go get the, go get the, the bullets off the dead guy. Yeah. That he doesn't have a name. He never, they never learned his name for one thing. Mm-mm. But yeah, no, he's just a dead guy in this, in this little valley here. Yeah. 
as they're having something else going on. So yeah, go get the bullets off the dead guy. That's that. Yeah, that's it's totally fucked up. And us being not from a military background, we can't understand that. No, we will never understand. Or like that. the when they go to the car bombing. Uh, there's a guy who like called it in and Jeremy Renner says, Oh, why don't you just go poke your head in the window and just check it out? Yeah, and he's just like, go... you want me to do what now? And he's yeah. like, I'm, no, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But he's like panicking. Like yeah. you actually want me to go over there. I'm not going over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just being very flippant about really serious messed up things because you have to be, you have to, or you will shut down. Yeah. You will snap. You will fall the fuck apart. Which is why they let these guys, you know, get drunk and beat the fuck out of each other later on just to let off some steam because they got so much of it. Well, yeah. After they blow up the thing that was in the valley, they come across a bunch of British guys. And this is where Ray Fiennes shows up. Basically, it's just here's another group of guys who happen to be in Iraq. Right. They are also serving. Mm hmm. They're on another team, but the same team. Yeah, they're a bunch of Brits. Yeah. Who, they have a couple of hostages who are two of the dudes from the deck of 52. Yep, Yep, but they've got a flat tire. Yeah. And they just happen upon them, and they're changing the tire, Mm -hmm. and then a sniper starts taking them all out. In the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. In the desert, in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And so they're just like having a nice conversation about, oh yeah, look, I got these guys. I got these guys. They're mm-hmm. worth 500,000 a piece. Right. And then people just start shooting and they don't know what they're shooting at. And yeah. they just are like, why, what are we shooting? They're literally right. screaming at each other. What are we shooting yeah, at? They don't know where the, the shots are coming from because nope. they're coming from so far away. Nope. And like three other guys get taken out basically immediately. Right. And then they finally figure out, okay, it's that abandoned building over there. Mm -hmm. And they have a big sniper rifle and start taking them out. Mm -hmm. But of course, Ray Fine gets it first. Yeah. And they're, they're showing this, this is like way far away. Like they're looking through the scope and Mm -hmm. it's blurry and you can barely tell. And there's like a delay, like he shoots and then there's a couple seconds and then you see smoke. Yep. From where it hits the building. It's a long ways away. It's a long way away. And this sequence, again, is really intense because it's just like Ray Fiennes gets it and he's just dead immediately. Yeah. And they're there all day. All day. Hours. It's like middle of the day when they show up and Mm -hmm. the sun is going down and they are covered in dust because, of course, Anthony Mackie and Jeremy Renner take over. They're trying Mm -hmm. to take this guy out. Mm -hmm. But they have to make sure the situation is secure, so they have to wait is yeah. there any more of them? Are there any more people coming? Are there going to yeah. be any more shots? Uh, how long is this going to take? We don't know. Yeah. And they're well, and, and dusty before, and dry, yeah. and it's literally been hours. And before all that, Ray finds uh, calls in for help. Yeah. And they essentially say, "We don't know when when the next help is going to come." Hang we, tight. Yeah, hang hang tight. We don't know. Yep. Yeah. And like they run out of bullets and they need more bullets. And like mm-hmm. you said, the the clip is jamming in the gun because it was on the dead guy yep. and it's covered in blood. Yeah. So they have to take out every single bullet from the clip uh-huh. from the magazine, clean them yep. and load them into the gun. Mind manually. over matter. Yeah. Clean off the bl- spit and rub. Yeah. Spit and rub. One at a time. And he's coaching Eldridge through it. Eldridge yeah. is having like a panic attack. Yeah. He's like, just do it, man. You're doing great. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. Talking you through it. Yep. And you get pointing back to, out. Get back to your job. Get back to your job. Yep. Go go and scan the area. Yep. And you even just pointed out, those are massive bullets. Oh, yeah. They're like six-inch bullets for this massive sniper rifle. If that hits you, you are nothing. No. Yeah. 
No, the speed and range with which that can hit, mm-hmm. nobody's coming back from that. Yeah. And so, yeah, they managed to get out of this situation, but it's just sitting there waiting. Right. And Eldridge, even after he pulls himself together, he finds, you know, amongst a bunch of sheep, there's a dude hanging out there by a bridge. Someone getting behind him. Who was probably a part of that group getting yep. behind them. Trying to, to sneak up on him and snipe him from the, from the rear. Yep. And because he's got his 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 wherewithal, he finds him and gets him. Yeah. And he, Jeremy Renner just says, "Hey, good job." Yeah, but he says, "What do I do? What do I do? Should I shoot? Should I fire?" And he says, "Up call. to you, buddy. Your Up call. to you." And he decides to do it, and he made the right call. Mm-hmm. And he just he doesn't even like holler at him. He just says to himself, basically, yeah, right. "Good job, buddy. Good job. Good job." Say, "Hey, we're just here." Your job, your job back there is to is to protect us. Mm-hmm. If you think that you can get this guy, do it. If you don't, then we're then we're all fucked. Yeah, yeah. And then, like you said, they go back to the barracks. They make it out. They're yeah. okay. They yeah. finally decide after hours of quiet, no action, they're safe. They can leave, and they all get drunk and start beating each other up. Yeah. Listening to loud rock music mm-hmm. <laughs> because you got to do something. And yeah, he's like got a box of his shit. Oh, look at this. He has personal effects. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> he has let's, stuff. Let's well, and, dig and he, through he it. He doesn't seem to be the, the type to really share. No. You know? No, they didn't know he was married. He just, who is this? Oh, that's my son. Right. <laughs> There's a picture of his kid. He's literally never said anything about being a, being a dad. No. Yeah. He doesn't have anything else. It's just in his thing. Yeah. I mean, you would think your, your your living quarters or living area, whatever you want to call it, it would be you know, strewn about with your family and your personal effects. It's all in a box under his bed. His hurt locker. Yeah. I know that phrase means something and I'm forgetting what it means at the moment. I think that's basically the radius. The blast radius is called the hurt locker. I took that as as meaning something else. No, it's an actual military term. Okay, I'll have to look it up later. I, I was it just does assuming mean something. I was assuming Footlocker, as in that's the thing at the end of your bed. In this case, it was underneath his bed, and this is his box of hurt, which is to say a bunch of the blasting materials and you're, trigger trigger. You're things. very adept, and I like your analysis, but I believe it is a, an actual thing. All right. <laughs> But yeah, like he's got his wedding ring in there. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't know you were married. Yeah, I am, I but I'm not. Am, but she's really attached. We, I thought we got divorced, but she still lives in my house. She, yeah, no, he, he said he, she's really loyal. Yeah, she's loyal. <sighs> yeah. So clearly they that have a woman. strange relationship. Yeah. Yeah. She's stupid. And then he's then he defends her. She's yeah. not stupid. Right. She's not stupid. Yeah. So he, yeah, he she's not stupid. I'm the one who is putting her. I through have this. problems. Yeah, and I know I have problems. Yeah. Oh, so there was one little moment uh, that, again, I'm reading into it in retrospect. After they get drunk, he he helps take Sanborn back to his bunk, and Sanborn's like laying on the bed, and he says, "Hey, you think I got what it takes to put on the suit, mm-hmm. Trent?" What's his next role? What's Anthony Mackie going to oh, be doing in God. his next movie? Oh, God. He's going to be Captain America. 
it has nothing to do with it, but I couldn't help but laugh a little bit just because right. of the way he said it. All right. All <laughs> do right. you think I got what it takes to put on the suit? A dozen years later. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a funny moment for me. All right. Okay. has nothing to do with anything because they couldn't predict the future. But I think that was a good human moment there. Yeah. Because, you know, he's he's drunk, he's vulnerable, and, you he's know. thinking his thoughts. And Jeremy Renner is this guy who is this master at his craft fearless yeah it's like hey i'm watching you do all this stuff i'm interested in in doing this eventually yeah do you think i have what it takes and jeremy renner says no you don't nope (laughs) you know as simple as that uh i also do not have what it takes no i will not be joining any bomb units anytime soon (laughs) not at all or ever (laughs) it's not for me but yeah, that, that was a, a good moment, I think, between the two of them. And, and all, all three of them doing their stupid male bonding bullshit. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of testosterone flying about. Yeah. Like he crushes his larynx basically with his legs and then he pulls out a knife to get him off of him. Right. Because it goes too far. It does. Basically, yeah. they're so drunk that it goes too far. Yeah. And they start like basically threatening to kill each other. <laughs> At which point the fighting stops. Right. Um, with laughter <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just joking with I, you i'm just gonna take you back to your barracks yeah <laughs> uh but yes the the next uh encounter is gonna be at this building yep so it's like I, a factory a bomb factory basically well it turns out to be yeah it is a place where there is a whole bunch of just bomb making materials c4 and everything under the sun that they had just infiltrated before this minutes before minutes before and everybody just fucked off yeah there's cigarettes still lit there's stuff still in the water yeah yep uh and there's a body bomb yeah yeah and it's a kid and of course jeremy renner is convinced this is the kid from before who was selling him dvds right so he gets real emotional like, they are about to... He says, let's just blow it up. I can't mm-hmm. do this. We gotta blow this up. Right. But instead, he pulls himself together and decides he can't blow this kid up. He's a kid. Right. And he actually goes through the process of cutting the bomb out of this body. Yeah. Which, clearly, he is struggling with. You think? Yeah. Everybody would. That was... Oh, boy. That's a messed up thing. War is messed up. This is one of the most fucked up things somebody came up with. Yeah. Hey, what if we put a but bomb you know inside what? a body? But you know what? It's totally plausible. And they wouldn't have put it in the movie unless it was a real thing. Oh, yeah. You know? And, yeah. It's fu- It's just fucked. It's you know? fucked up. And, yeah, he basically carries this kid's body out. Yeah. And then when he gets back to the barracks, the guy selling the DVDs is there. Right. But the kid's not there, of the course, because he there. thinks he's dead. And he starts screaming at him like, mm-hmm. you know, you're a security threat and I don't think this guy trying should to be get here. A, yeah, trying to get him kicked out. Mm-hmm. Um, what if he's selling our secrets sure. to the bad guys? Right. Which I understand. I mean, you're going to bring in some merchants in there to, to help out because mm-hmm. you can't have everything. Yeah. So... Let them let them hawk their wares. Yeah, and and it's like six guys. Check them out, of course. Check them out beforehand. Make sure that they they are on the up and up. But yep. yeah, he basically hijacks 
his truck uh, at yeah, the end gets, of the day. Gets in the truck with him, points a gun at him. Yeah, take me to where this kid where this kid lives. Mm-hmm. And he's okay. So I ha- I've had some some thoughts about this. So he gets to the house. He jumps the fence, goes inside, and here we find this professor who speaks English. He speaks French. Yeah. He speaks Arabic. Yep. And. But this doesn't seem to be the house where this kid lives. Right. Yeah. He he says the name of the kid. Dude doesn't know anything about it. And I'll say this. This part of the world, this culture, is hospitable to a fault. Mm Mm-hmm. He's telling this man, pointing a gun at him, to say... He broke into his house. Yeah, broke into his house. Sit down. You're a guest. Please. I'm so pleased that you're in my home. Exactly. Sit down at my table. Right. Again, hospitable to a fault. Right. I don't exactly understand this scene. Is it... Okay, this was my thought. Did this guy bring him there so that he would kill this professor? I don't think so. I think he just took him to the one friendly guy he could think of who wouldn't shoot him on sight. I don't know. I I don't honestly know. He took him to a house to get away from him. Sure. He was like... Or was it just a random house? He says, go there. Maybe. He might have just stopped the truck and said, go there. And he just happened upon a guy who wasn't going to shoot him in his house. Maybe. Because... He is now in Baghdad, alone, in the middle of the night. He's in a city. We don't know where. Well, they said it was Baghdad at the beginning of the movie, so my assumption is the rest of the movie is Baghdad. Uh, But yeah, he's uh, he's armed, but he is alone, and being armed isn't enough in this city at this time when you're an American soldier. Uh Uh-huh. With a hoodie. (laughs) And there's any number of bad things that could have happened to this man in this situation. And the fact that he dropped him off at a house for somebody who's like, please, please, are you CIA? Welcome to my home. I'm so happy to have CIA in my house. I'm so happy you're here. And then he runs through the city back to the barracks, and he makes it. Yeah. Like... He might not have made it. Uh-huh. Like, he has no protection Any in Any number situation. of things could have happened to him on the way back. And he, he could have gotten shot by his own men coming right. in. He almost did. Because, again, when he's trying to enter the the camp, yeah. they're all screaming, get down, get down. Right. He's like, I have a gun. He's got a gun. I literally just, I just said that. Said that. And, and about been? the only moment of levity in the entire movie happens right here. Right. Where he's on the ground asking, where the hell were you? you what the you, hell are you doing, What the man? hell? I came from a whorehouse. All right. If I let you in, will you tell me exactly where it is? <laughs> no. Exactly where it is. I'd say, okay, fine. Yeah, these guys got to blow off steam no matter whatever way they can. Right. So so he's a little fucked up. You know, he he's he's he feeling guilty. He thinks that that it's still the kid yeah. who died. Oh, and we totally even skipped the doctor blowing up. Right. Yeah, so they went on another mission and the doctor decided to come along to try to help his patient. Which hey, again, storytelling 101, you're going <sighs> to you bring the a dude, new, introducing a new character. No, 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 no. This guy even said to Eldridge, say, hey, I can't stay behind my desk all the time. Ha ha ha. Yeah. I'm going to come out with you sometime. And he said, oh, that would be great. That would be, oh, that would be swell. Well, it's to understand his patience. Yes. I'm sure they I, do this. And I totally get that. But from that, that point on, 
I know this man is going to die. Right. If he goes out to one, he is going to die. Yep. Yeah, he dies like IED. real bad. Real bad. He trips something and he's right on top of it. Yeah. And that's the end to him. And this is just sort of the week they're having. So there's yeah. a there's a kid that's also a bomb and this doctor dies uh-huh. and Eldridge is all fucked up and he's all fucked up. Yeah. And then there's a big bomb that goes off in a tanker. And so they decide to just go out into the darkness yeah. by themselves and, Jeremy and Renner, find the bad guys. Yeah, Jeremy Renner says, you know what? I'm sick of just being the, the cleanup crew. Yeah. Like, that, that just goes off. I'm and, just here to investigate. Yeah. I'm sick of doing this. Let's go after these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. And they rightly say to him. Uh, no, that's not what we're here to do. There's other people to do that. It's not that's our job. That's their job, not ours. Yeah. And they subsequently get Eldred shot. Yeah. No, no. He shoots him. Jeremy Renner shot him. Literally. Oh. So Eldridge basically, they go, they separate. The three of them separate. Eldridge right. is the first to encounter some bad guys. And they hear gunfire. Right. And they take him. So the two of the other two guys meet up. And they can see Eldridge being dragged down an alley by two dudes. They catch up to them and start opening fire. They get the guys, yeah. but they also get Eldridge. Okay. So yeah, I thought, James I thought shot the, him in the leg. No, I, I didn't get that part. Did they actually say it? Yes. Okay, I didn't yeah, get that he part. He was fine. He was kind of, kind of knocked out being dragged around. Okay, no, uh, what I thought happened was that somebody in that alley shot him, and there and then he was being dragged away. No. And, 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 and being shot, you're going to let that happen right. more I often, think, more, more than you would otherwise. I think they clocked him, and that's why he's kind of limp. And he's being dragged. Right. But no, they very clearly say he got shot when they showed up. Okay. And he was the one who opened the fire. Yeah. So when he's flown away in the helicopter, he's screaming at him, you motherfucker, you fucker, you ass. You had to go out there. You had to get your thrills and mm-hmm. take us out into the darkness and mess around. Right. And now my femur is fractured in nine places and I'm going to be lucky if I walk in six months. Right. And then, of course, he completely changes tone. He's like, Hey, man, I'll see you later. Like, to Anthony Mackie, he's like, hey, buddy, I'll miss you. Right. (laughs) Like, very different reactions. And that's because he was shot in the leg by this man. (laughs) Okay. I did not get that point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of dude we're dealing with. Just does whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And, yeah, like, after that, he just goes into the – Jeremy Renner just goes into the shower and starts showering with his clothes on. Like he's got his whole uniform and his gear and he's covered in blood and he just starts taking a shower. Well, I mean, that's that's more of his he doesn't know how to show emotion. No. This is his he only clearly way needs to get some stuff out. He does. And I think that was the struggle that he was he was going through. Like he was trying to let it out. He was yeah. trying. Yeah. But it wasn't coming. Nope. And I think that's what just makes this movie so different. Mm-hmm. Than what I was expecting, because you expect I've seen a release. I've seen movies like this before. You you and I have seen Jarhead. Yep, Jarhead's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a different kind of group. It's a bunch of snipers. Yeah, uh, who basically are all they're doing is just itching and itching, and itching for some action, like because all they do is train. They go out into the desert, dig holes, 
they train. And nothing ever and happens. nothing ever happens. They want some action. Hundreds of days go by. Right. No, this one, it's, he's there 38 days, and yeah. it's bomb, 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 bomb every day. sniper, bomb, yeah. sniper. <laughs> and it's just like any other day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then we find out, you know, the kid is still alive. Right. So he was having, the most emotional reaction he was having is when he thought this kid was dead. Right. And when he finds out the kid's alive, he basically shuts, he shuts him down. He shuts him out. He shuts him out. Yeah. He's like, what? I reacted to you being dead and now you're alive, so fuck you. Right. Like, he's weird. This dude has some problems. Yeah. Yeah, and we touched on it before, but with two days left, they come across a guy in a vest. Yes. In a, in a suicide vest. So he uh, he clearly was given, was put in Strapped this suicide vest that is full of explosives, like a whole lot. Yeah. And it's this, like like big apparatus yeah, that has it's a pad- cage yeah it's a cage exactly it's it's padlocked and you cannot get out of this without mm-hmm. a lot of effort and a lot of time no he's got the bolt cutters but there's two minutes left on the timer yeah by the time they figure out what they're dealing with it's too late so i i i, I literally cannot do this anymore i'm yep. sorry yep i can't help you i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry and this guy doesn't speak english he's just sure emoting with his face i'm sorry and runs away right so, yeah, that, like you said, that he goes off and there's a dude flying a kite. It's just another day in Baghdad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see why this movie got a lot of uh, praise mm-hmm. for what it was. I would like to maybe read some other people's opinions about it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just, I don't get the wow factor that a lot of other people might have. I think some of that also might be context because you're watching it 13 years after the fact. Okay. We're more removed from these events now than we were in 2009. You're not wrong. So I think if you had watched this, I watched this pretty much immediately after it won Best Picture. So 2010, Mm -hmm. early 2010 after the Mm -hmm. Academy Awards. Yeah. And it had a lot of impact with me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because contextually, I was still living that every day. Sure. You turn on the news. This is what was on TV. Right. You read the paper. This was what was in the paper. Yeah. Every day, a news story about bombs, IEDs, this happening, that happening. It was very much the IED stuff. And I remember... It was a lot. I don't. Rem, I don't know what year this was taking place. So two thousand four. Two thousand four. So yeah, yeah, that was this when, is early days. This is when the IEDs really, really started to become a problem, and there were a lot of complaints about you know the soldiers don't have proper body armor, the 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 Humvees are are not properly uh, outfitted with armor. Yeah. And all this, all of this other shit. And they that... say it in uh, when he's home, they don't have enough techs. Yeah. So I got to go back. Yeah. Well, he doesn't even say it. He's just like, you know, right. they don't have enough techs. Yeah. Well, just bomb, saying. Bomb techs. Yeah. Him. Yes. Him. Exactly. They need me. They yeah. need me. I need to be there. Right. And And a lot of these guys, whether they want to or not, it's not necessarily... The job, which Jeremy Renner is very much into, his job. Yes. I don't really have any like details about this, but I would say that the majority of the people who go back, 
they go back for their units. They go back for their buds, uh, for the people. Yeah. They hate that this thing is happening, but damn it, if they're over there, I can't be a, I can't be at home. We got to protect each other. We have to protect each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep going back for four, five, six, seven, eight tours of duty. Yeah. Just to protect my buds. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. It's unfortunate. And, you know, the, not to say any more about the overall war, but it fucking sucks that we went over there the way we did at yeah. all. Correct. So, this is not a, not a controversial opinion. Uh, I think Betsy and I are very much in agreement. This is a widely held belief that maybe we should not have gone over there. <laughs> yes. So, that all being said, I, I, I appreciate the fact that they approach this in a unique way. I, I did not see anything in this movie that I've seen in any other movie about about this conflict. Right. Whatsoever. Yeah. And I appreciate that more than anything else. Well, and like I told you before, these are like unknowns. So the story gets to stand on its own. It's a little different watching it now because these people have gone on to have big careers in major movies. Sure. But at the time, this was a little movie with little actors and a which, little budget. <laughs> which I'll say this. I never saw this movie until now. Hence us watching and, it. And... And Jeremy Renner was a complete unknown to me until we got to the Avengers. Yeah. I didn't know who the hell Jeremy Renner was, but I knew he I knew he was famous from this movie. I had but seen But I never saw him in anything. I had seen Jeremy Renner in exactly one movie before this, and it was in the nineties, National Lampoon's Senior Trip. What? <laughs> I don't know. Why I've seen this movie, I don't know when it came to pass that I watched it, but he had long blonde hair and I remembered his face. And when this movie came out, I said, that's the guy from that movie. (laughs) Wow. Little, little deep dive for you. That came out in 1996. Oh my God. Yeah. He's been in the business a long time. Jerry Runner is older than what you think he is. He's 73 years old. <laughs> exactly. He looks damn good for his age. And he's got a new TV show coming out soon, which yeah. we'll probably watch eventually. Yeah. That'll probably be <laughs> six the next... or seven months. That'll, that'll, that'll probably be. Uh... Oh, wait. No, that'll be December, right? That comes out in December. I think so. Yeah. Um, so we we'll st- watch it in six or still, seven months. We still got to watch Loki. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's yeah. all I got, Betsy. Yeah. I like this one. I don't think it's one you're going to put on all the time. No. But I think it's definitely worth people's time to see. It's an important movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're working your way through Best Pictures or Best Picture nominees, it's going to be on your list. Save yourself some time. Put it up. Closer to the top, because you Mm -hmm. know what? We've watched a lot of movies from the last decade that Mm -hmm. were up for Best Picture, and there are some that are not really worth your time. They're fine, but I have no interest in watching them again. A lot of those around the same time that they expanded it to 10. Yeah. 10 max. Yeah. Those are the bottom tier. This is top tier. What you you would probably say, what is it? the, The Life of Pi and... What else from that era was bad? 
I did, you again, didn't like. It was not that I didn't like it. I just would have put them closer to the bottom of the tier. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I need to watch Life of Pi again. I think if, honestly, I'd like to watch it on this TV in 4K because the sure. whole point of that movie is it's a fucking it's, visual it's a, spectacle. Sure, okay. Yeah. The movie itself, I was like, what's the point of this movie? <laughs> but it was There's quite a, a few tiger, years ago. Betsy. Yeah, there's. I would sometime like to do a segment on this podcast where we do change my mind, mm. and I want to watch a movie that I have seen before that I didn't really get or I didn't really like. Give because it another shot. I want somebody to deeply defend what I'm missing, because sometimes I will admit I'm wrong. I didn't like The Departed the first time I saw it. I Uh, can't explain why. Heresy. I wasn't into (laughs) it. I watched it again and again and again, and I liked it more. Same thing with Children of Men. I was just going to say Children of Men. It's not that I didn't like it. I just didn't get it. Yeah. I think that's more the problem. I didn't get it, but I I thought about it for weeks afterwards. Yeah. And then the next time I watched that movie, I was like, fuck, this movie's amazing. (laughs) Uh, The first time I watched Children of Men... I was, let's just say, visiting a lady <laughs> who was not my wife. This is well before Metsy and I met. Uh, I was I was vis- I was over at some some chick's apartment, and we wanted to watch a movie. So we went we went and rented Children of Men, the sexiest romantic movie to sure. watch on a date. <laughs> sure, and it was on her little like 20, 20 inch TV or whatever the hell it was. Oh, good and, lord! Yeah, and. This is before everybody had HD sets, Betsy. You would know. You did this movie a great disservice. <laughs> yeah. And like she was like talking during it. It's like, no, I want to watch this fucking movie. Shut if up. If you want to talk during a movie, rent some stupid garbage. Rent like a win, comedy. A, win a date with Tad Hamilton. <laughs> I don't know where the hell you pulled that from, but okay. I rented this movie when I was in college and I watched it with two of my college friends and it is one of the worst things I've ever watched in my life. It's bad. It's so, it's trying to be a cutesy romantic comedy and it's just awful. Okay. (laughs) It's called Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. I mean, what do you expect? Anyway. I I watched the movie. I don't think we actually finished it because I think she just wasn't into it. I was though. Yeah. But we decided, you know what? This is we're not going to finish watching this movie. I left. Good. Yeah. She didn't deserve you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I left and then I didn't come across the movie again until years later because I really I was intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. And I ended up watching it, and I love it. I just fucking love that movie. The way it's shot, the way the I love a dystopian future. Yes, quote unquote from Trent. <laughs> but I love that setting in almost anything that I watch. If if it has that dystopian setting, and it's stuff that I recognize, like something like modern Mad- dystopia, right? Something like Mad Max Fury Road is a fantastic action movie, but. It's not what I'm looking for when it comes to that kind of genre. It's the far-flung future where you're kind of making everything up because it's like, I'm, right. I'm world-building here, guys. Right. In Children of Men, it's like 20, 25, 2030-ish. 20, yeah. yeah. Not very People long. People going to work, drinking their coffee, being right. generally miserable about right. things. 
Because it is a very miserable world. But also there's bombs going off and no one can have babies. You know, it's just like a normal <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> so, that all being said, you should go and watch Children of Men. Yes. Uh, Do that, I too. I cannot recommend that movie enough. Fact. So. But yes, Betsy, that's that's all I've got to say about this one. I think so. So, yeah, that's The Hurt Locker. I finally got you to watch it. Hooray. Hooray. There's going to be so many more movies to come, though. Oh, yes. But but we want to hear what you think. Do you like The Hurt Locker? Do you like Children of Men? Do you like like, Do you like Win a Date with Tad Hamilton? (laughs) (laughs) You know, the trifecta of tremendous Oscar-worthy films. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us your thoughts. Oh, Betsy, where should they send those thoughts? Uh, there's carrier pigeons. But they don't know where we live. It, and they're not going to know where we live. I could get some pigeons and train them. And just... Mm. I'll figure this out. I'll work on it. How about telegraph? No. Uh, message in a bottle? <laughs> We're landlocked. Okay, well, um, I don't, I don't know. Morse if you, code is out. I don't know if you want to do Facebook. That seems to crash and burn once in a while. <laughs> Find us on MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> How about Twitter? Find us on Twitter. What's the Twitter address, Betsy? The Twitter address that we have. Twitter.com slash. Never seen it. Oh. Pod. Oh. Nope. Underscore pod. Yay! <laughs> she did it, everybody. Never seen it. Underscore pod on the Twitter. What about electronic mail? Uh, that one is is another pod email. <laughs> Never seen it. Pod <gasps> at gmail. Wow! She did it, everybody. She did it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again properly. <laughs> never seen it pod at gmail.com and never seen it underscore pod on the Twitter. And if you want to help support us, let's get Betsy some internet lessons. <laughs> uh, Elocution cl- lessons. We're not going to electrocute you, Betsy. No. Uh, click the link in the podcast description if you wish to support us. We would appreciate it very much. And that's it. That's this episode. So we're going to go away now, and then we'll be back uh, in a few days with something new. We don't know. We'll figure it out in between. Yep. So I'm Betsy. I'm Trent. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye.